0: You are listening to HHS bonus content from the Hillbilly Horror Stories Network. This bonus content is released during the week for your listening pleasure while awaiting the release of Sunday's actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episode. All bonus content will be listed as HHS Presents or HHS Midweek, while the actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episodes will have only an episode number and the title listed, for example, 187, The Kentucky Vampires. Those episodes are a longer, deep dive into a particular subject. If you are new to the show and the bonuses aren't your style, get the full-length episode to try. Enjoy! Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of Paranormal Encounters. What up, y'all? So this story, we've we've got a, uh, obviously Tracy and I both read a story of someone's personal paranormal encounter. But we always have a special guest on, and this guest tonight is Matt from Louisville, who is Dakota's father.
1: Yeah, we're glad Matt joined us on that little diggity dig. <laughs> Whatever. Diggity dig.
0: So anyway, it's, it's got a pretty cool story. It's, uh, you know, Matt's it's pretty good about talking about these kind of things, and it's, it's funny as you get into it, Matt's one of these people that he typically doesn't believe in a lot you know, of uh, of stuff that's not scientifically proven. So when you hear him tell his stories, it's obvious that he feels like this is, you know, it's not the norm for him to just see stuff or hear stuff. He'd be the first one to yeah. try debunk it. Yes, absolutely. So anyways, let's get on to our, our little stories and we'll hear from Matt in a little bit later. So our story is sent to us by Eleanor from uh, L.A. Okay. I lived on a hilltop overlooking Los Angeles, California. Although there is a well-lighted paved street winding down the hill from my home, I often take a shortcut down the that down what used to be a narrow path through the grounds of Southwest Museum, which covers the hillside below my property. On a night in nineteen fifty-seven, when these grounds were still heavily wooded. I was in a hurry to get uh, to a lecture on time, so I ran down the mountain path through the trees. It was too dark to see the path, but I knew the way even in the dark. I'd been down that path many times at night without the thought of danger, but on this night, when I got about halfway down the hill, I suddenly stopped short. It was as if a hand was pressed against my shoulder. I wondered what was wrong, and then I tried to peer through the dense foliage of the Chinese cherry trees that covered the hill. I remember previously seeing some empty liquor bottles that had been strewn around the grounds under the tree, so I thought there might have be a drunken man lurking in the bushes. I even thought that there might be a snake on the path, although both of these possibilities seemed doubtful because I usually can sense the presence of a person or an animal. I never have been afraid of the dark, and because I could not sense any living danger, I tried to continue down the hill. But, I could not take one step forward. This was disturbing enough, but when I felt myself moving backwards up the hill, as if being pushed by an unseen force, I kept arguing with myself all of the way, mentally saying it was ridiculous to go all the way back up the hill and then down the long way on the paved street when I was in a hurry. The long detour would make me quite late for the lecture. This never had happened before, and I was annoyed. Nevertheless, I was forced to do it. I wondered about it all through the lecture and on my way home. I did not even try to take the shortcut going home. I could hardly wait for the morning so I could go down the hill again and see if there was a logical reason for what had happened. As soon as I saw the light the next morning, I ran down the hill again to see if I could find an answer. When I came to the place in the path where the invisible hand had stopped me the night before, I again stopped short, with a gasp and cold chills up up and down my spine. I was standing on the brink of a cliff that had not been there a few days before. Bulldozers were ranged down below, many trees had been uprooted, And half the hill had been cut away.
1: my gosh. They
0: were building a new road where only a path had been before. Without that forceful restraint, I would have plunged over the cliff.
1: My gosh. That is the craziest thing ever.
0: That's a really cool story.
1: Yeah, I wonder how come, though, she didn't know they were doing that.
0: I don't know. I mean, I guess they probably could have done something like that in a matter of a week. Maybe it had been a week since she had to cut down the hill.
1: Isn't that amazing? That hand saved her.
0: hmm Wow. And she kept
1: fighting it. I know. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. I would have been so scared. Anyway.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty cool story. That is
1: a very cool story. Very nice.
0: So, what is your story for tonight, my lovely?
1: Well, mine is coming from Angeline from Universal City, Texas. Okay. And it's called Her Daughter Came Back. Oh, sweet. Years ago, I found myself going to a complete stranger's house, which was out of my way. Not knowing why I was going there or what I was supposed to do or say, I found myself asking the lady who answered the door if she would like to start a gardening club with me.
0: Well, that sounds like fun.
1: Well, and that's so random. (laughs) She said, no, thank you. She told me that her name was Barbara and invited me in to chat. While we were chatting, I saw a figure in back of her chair. I was so surprised that Barbara asked me what was wrong because I turned as white as a ghost. Believe me, if you saw a ghost, your face would turn white too. Before I could think of anything to say, I find myself telling her, Everything is fine and I'm okay. I want you to be happy. At the time, I wasn't even thinking or saying anything like that. Barbara asked me to describe the figure I saw. I told her that she was a young blonde woman around 18 years old and very pretty wearing a pink dress. As there were no pictures in the living room, I couldn't have picked up that image from a picture. I was so embarrassed I didn't even know what to do. I finally left and I found myself going over to her house a lot and we were best friends for 30 years until she died. Barbara told me 20 years after we met that she was about to commit suicide that day when I first came to her house. The figure I saw was the do- was her daughter, who died of cancer six months earlier. She had been buried in her favorite pink dress. Her daughter came back to save her. Oh. That's wild. Isn't it just so awesome how things work?
0: And when I hear stories like that, it it just blows me away that somebody who is a true skeptic can hear stories like that one after the other and just say, oh, uh, no, somebody created that as a figment and just happened to be lucky that the dress was pink. And how can you just not you you just really have to not want to believe something Mm -hmm, to -hmm. hear stories like that, To not at least have some glimmer of hope in the afterlife.
1: I know. And that was amazing. So even a ghost, ghosts are there to help you if you're depressed. I agree. And to help you not do things to hurt yourself. And it's amazing.
0: I mean, it, it's, think about it when people say, well, I had a, just had a gut instinct or I had, that's what that gut instinct is. It's something in the, the afterworld. Mm-hmm basically telling you not to do something yeah there's a reason why you have a conscience there's a reason why you have a gut instinct there's a reason why you have all that stuff
1: well that was a blessing for sure
0: so well that's pretty awesome so all right let's listen to matt's story all right matt Hey guys, we got a special guest tonight. Many of you have heard Dakota on the show several times, and her father, Matt, from Louisville, actually has uh, some very cool stories he's told me in the past, and it took me a little while to cohorse him into actually coming on the show, but uh, I think he feels comfortable enough now to tell uh, these stories that he told me in private. So welcome to the show, Matt.
2: Hello, hello. It's great to be here. Thanks.
0: You've got two stories. The more dramatic one, we'll say for second. Uh, so it was because it's a little more, a little more fireworks than that one. But tell me about this first one because it involves, I guess, like a mysterious light or something of that sort. So tell me about that one.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, first, I want to preface everything with uh, on subjects like this, like the paranormal and, and things like that. And I always see people as being in, in two different camps. There's either on one side, I don't believe in it at all. On the other side, you know, people know it's real. They they, they believe in it, whether it's aliens or, or ghosts and things like that. I kind of consider myself on a third camp. There's a lot of people out there that are like that. But I kind of look at everything like I don't know exactly what it is. I'm not willing to say that it's definitely this, it's definitely that, definitely an extraterrestrial or it was definitely a ghost or a spirit or something like that. I kind of just like to say I don't know. You know exactly what it was, but it was definitely extraordinary. So
0: yeah, you fall into this the skeptic category. You you're you're skeptical. You don't believe everything that's out there, but you're not discounting it either.
2: Well, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't really like the word. Not I don't like not that I don't like the word skeptic, but I don't always like skeptics (laughs) (laughs) because I mean skeptics can be just kind of they kind of can kind of take a hard line like oh it definitely isn't that. I am open to anything. And, you know, things like this. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of stories out there. There's just too much, uh, too many stories out there to just discount, you know, paranormal activity, all kinds of different paranormal activity. But anyway, back to what I was going to talk about. The first weird thing I had happen to me was... I guess it wasn't first, it was second. Now I'm remembering that this one I'm about to tell you happened after the the second one. But anyway, so I was living with my parents. I was young. I was a teenager. One morning, it was really early. I mean, it was still dark outside. In my bedroom window, I was on the second floor of my house on a fairly busy street in Louisville. And, you know, the blinds were always open. So I could see that it was still dark outside when I opened my eyes this morning and I woke up. I couldn't move. My head was, t- was looking directly out the window and across the street in view of my window was a really bright streetlight. And so this streetlight, it would turn off at a certain time around dawn, just like they all do. Mm-hmm. And so when I woke up, it was still dark outside and I was looking directly out at the streetlight directly across the street. I could not move at all and it terrified me. You know, most people, I mean, you know, everybody knows about sleep paralysis, things like that. But this was different, and I've I've had sleep paralysis maybe once or twice before, but it was really obvious. I mean, I woke up, it was terrifying, but, you know, after a, a minute you can move again and, and whatever, everything's fine. But this one, this time, it was weird because I'm staring at this light, and then what seemed like seconds, it went from night, nighttime to morning. Like, the everything, I could watch it getting brighter outside and as it was getting brighter the street light dimmed and then it finally clicked off let me just say like when this started when i woke up and i was um, i was looking at the light it was really really bright you know almost to where that's all i could see across the street Mm -hmm. but then like i said it started getting lighter and lighter outside within a matter of seconds and then when it was fully light outside the, the street light clicked off. And then all of a sudden I can move again. It's almost like when they do that time-lapse
0: photography When
2: Exactly. I, I mean, a it was almost of hours exactly and a like of that, but you know, and while that was going on, I was trying to scream, like just trying to scream as much as I possibly could because I was terrified. I didn't know what the heck was going on. And this is after, you know, I'd had my experience before and I can't say that the two things are tied together whatsoever i mean they are relatively close together in time but it's just weird you know it's just a really really strange event that i can't you know the fact that it turned from nighttime to daylight so quickly and i watched it happen is what's you know really weird about it
0: any any chance to be able to look at a clock or anything during that time to be able to see what time it was when you woke up
2: no i wish that i could have and especially like when all that stuff when something like that's happening you're not thinking you know right. kind of, you know peak of the clock or anything like that and i can't remember exactly how my room was set up to where you know to know where my clock was at, at the time but yeah so so anyway that happened and i'm i'm trying my best to scream and everything i'm, I'm doing everything i can to try to move i'm yelling for whoever can hear me to come help me cuz i didn't know i didn't know what was happening but then as soon as i could I could move again. I jumped up and again, it's daylight. It's the morning time. My sister's room was across the hall and I saw that her door was open and I, I ran in there. She wasn't in there. Then I ran downstairs and everyone's awake and like, they've been up and moving and everything for a while. Like people had been <laughs> been up for a while. You know, I'm known to sleep in, but, but this was just weird. You know, it's so like much, a
0: total, it's, it's almost like uh, the lost time that you hear with abductions and stuff like that to where Mm -hmm. you saw stuff, but it almost like it really was a time-lapse deal to where what seemed like a very short time, maybe a minute to you could have maybe been a couple of hours.
2: Right. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's something that I haven't really been willing to say out loud to myself that it, you know, it it could be something like that just because I don't know. And it's just one of those weird things. And (laughs) You know, I don't want to think that I'm, maybe I maybe that has happened to me. Who knows? So, but we
0: we started off with this story, which was the second of the two stories because the other one was a little bit bigger. But as you alluded to in this story, you know, this was after the incident that you're getting ready to tell us about now, mm-hmm. and in, and some of this might make a little more sense as to as to why you were so afraid after we hear this story.
2: Correct. Yeah, and I I, I mean I should also mention too that you know ever since I was a little kid you know the X-Files was my favorite show I was fascinated by the thought of extraterrestrials and UFOs and and things like that and, and just any paranormal phenomenon so yeah I mean there's always that in the back of my head too so this next story was actually a really big event for me and I was more excited than anything I mean I was terrified at the moment but I was more excited. So, so anyway, in the same neighborhood you know that I grew up in, I was walking with a couple friends. This is on a, a road. I mean, you can Google it. It's it's uh, in Louisville. It's called Columbia Avenue off of Washburn. We were walking down that road, and we were going to go over to this overpass to hang out because we were teenagers. And, you know, that that's what you do. Now, you, <clears> you
0: mentioned you were in your teens. Were you in your early teens, 13, 14, teens. or like 18, 19?
2: I was about 17 or 18. Okay. I was You know, on the verge of leaving my parents' house and everything. So, so anyway, we're we're older teenagers and we're walking to this overpass. We're walking down Columbia Avenue, and then we were going to go up to this to Washburn, where it goes over the tracks, and then get on the tracks and walk back the opposite, the same way we came. As we're walking past this park, which you know, if you look at it on the maps, it's right there. Um, We're walking past these. Uh, basketball courts, but before we get to the basketball courts, there's this house on the corner of Virginia Avenue where there was this, this older guy that everybody knew in the neighborhood. He would sit out there and wave at everybody as they go by, and and him and his wife were always just kind of hanging out out back. As we're getting up to the basketball courts, we see this what we thought was a spotlight come up from behind us, and we're walking. There's three of us, and we're all kind of walking shoulder to shoulder, and this. It was, the light was um, like a really clear blue light that you see on like the headlights of newer cars. Mm-hmm. It came up from behind us and encompassed all three of us. The weird part about it was it didn't cast any shadow, but it was definitely coming from behind us. It just lit up every inch around our feet.
0: And this was nighttime?
2: This was nighttime. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So immediately we think it's a spotlight because that's not uncommon. You know, police looking for people or whatever the case is. So. Immediately, my thought is it's a it's a spotlight from a helicopter. But there was no sound around, so that's my initial thought. So it stopped on us for like a you know maybe a second, and then it continued up the street. And then there's some tr- there was a tree line at the end of the street, and you could see it go up the tree. So it was coming from a fixed point, and then it was starting to go up. And that's when we we all three turned around at the same time. And above that house that I mentioned on the corner of Virginia and Columbia, probably about. 40, 50 feet off the ground, sitting directly above that house was just a really, really bright white light. And it was almost bright to where we couldn't look at it. When we fixed our eyes on it, at the same time, I saw that spotlight going up into the air. And then until it was pointing directly up in, into the air, paused for a second, then it just clicked off. And then all that was left was, I mean, it was a beam, really. Mm-hmm. All that was left was that really, really bright white light, just just sitting there.
0: So we had two lights at one time: the blue light that was shining on you, and the bright white light.
2: Yeah, the blue light, like I said, it was almost, it was like when I it looked like a spotlight, but when I turned around, we I realized that hey, it's kind of like a beam that's coming from that mm. white light. It was coming from whatever this object was. We all kind of look at each other at the same time and say, "What the hell is that?" And by the and. Almost by the time we got finished saying that, it zipped off to the north. I mean, across Columbia Avenue, over the apartments, and it happened in the blink of an eye. I mean, going from sitting still to gone in, in less than a second. And still no sound? And No sound whatsoever. And I will say this, and I don't know if it had, I'm not saying that it had any, <laughs> that it definitely created the thunder, but there was thunder afterwards, a few seconds after it did that there was thunder, but it did, it wasn't raining. There was, it was not cloudy out. Out. I mean, so who knows if that's related, but I, it was just curious. That was that it
0: definitely happened. thunder or could it have been a, a sonic
2: boom from something taken off so quick? Well, that, that's what my thought was. But again, I, I mean, I don't know, you know, who knows. Yeah. You're not a meteorologist. It it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it, if it was just coincidental. Oh, you know what? Um, I, I just remember that, there was really three things that, that I'd, I've i told you about. One was the green fireball, but we can get to that in a minute. I'll tell you about that, too.
0: Yeah, well, I'm all about things in the sky. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um,
2: <clears throat> I, I just thought about that. Uh, so I guess there's three things that, that were really weird that's happened. But but anyway, so yeah, that that happened. And immediately, immediately after that, my other two friends w- were like, we can't tell anybody about this, and I, we need to go home. They were scared. And we're immediately thinking about how we can't tell anybody about it. And I'm just like, what? That's some Project you know, the, Blue Book stuff there. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> like, well, I think that they were scared because they knew what it was, right? I mean, it's a UFO by definition. There's a lot of people that are like that, scared to say stuff about it because they don't want to be looked at like they're crazy, you know? Or have minute black at your door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, is why I think, you know, I, I think there's two camps out there where – you know, you either believe it or you don't. And if you don't believe it, you think that people are crazy. I feel like there's probably more of those people out there. And that's why people who know that it's real, a lot of times are scared to say stuff about it. So anyway, they didn't want to tell anybody. I was really excited about it. And at the same time, kind of scared because I'm like, what if they're tracking us or something? And then as soon as I, when I go home later on at night, I'm going to get abducted or something. Who knows? I mean, I'm starting to think about all that stuff because clearly this isn't, I say clearly, but, you know, to my knowledge, this isn't something that's human, you know, and I don't know if it's a probe or, or, you know, who who knows what some type of drone that's, you know, coming from afar or if there's actually creatures and whatever it was I saw. I know it wasn't a giant object. It was probably a little bit smaller than that house that it was sitting above, but, you know, I just had all kinds of stuff running through my mind at that moment. And it was, it was really... It was exciting but terrifying at the same time. So
0: what did you do after that? Did you go home and immediately tell your parents? Or did you hold off a day or two before you told anybody? Or did you ever tell anybody?
2: Uh, No. I mean, immediately after that, I convinced them that they were being chickens. And then we went and smoked a joint at the overpass like we were going to go to anyway. That was going to be my third (laughs) third question. (laughs) so that happened afterwards we weren't we hadn't smoked that before um <laughs> <laughs> so we did that and then that made me even more paranoid so uh, well, then i went home and really got got worried but that's what teenagers do so yeah that that's what that's what happened that night i don't think i even i don't remember if i told my parents or not i know i did at some point and i've told them multiple times since then so
0: the the incident that we started with How long afterwards do you think that was?
2: It's really hard to say how long afterwards. I wanna say that it was within a few months, maybe even the same month. I don't know for sure. One thing I can remember is and actually if you go on um if you go on I think it's MUFON, what what's the website that has where you can actually report it and you've been able to do it for a really long time. Yeah, MUFON. So I was super excited. And so I made a report about it. It's on there and it that'll be and so the time time or the date at least the month will be on there
0: and that had to be back when the internet was really first getting started
2: it yeah was- i mean i don't I don't think YouTube was a thing yeah I don't think youtube was a thing back then so this is yeah mean, that was
0: what thirteen fourteen years ago
2: somewhere at ballpark what are you around thirty yeah thirty four yeah um, so that would yeah, so this is yeah right you're right I mean I, this is probably around 2002 2003 yep somewhere around then maybe 2001 I want to say it was 2001 either way yeah it's it's quite a while ago you know so I went online and, and reported it but anyway like I was saying it, it I want to say it was around the same it was definitely the same season because we weren't bundled up or anything um, I remember specifically when my dad had stopped he had stopped he was driving the car through the neighborhood and stopped and he had his windows down. You know, and I, I wasn't wearing a jacket or anything. Um, I remember all the details because it was such a huge event. So it was probably summer or spring or sometime around then.
0: Don't tell me you yeah. remember all the details when you don't even remember what the day was.
2: <laughs> well, I don't remember the date <laughs> specifically, no. I don't remember exactly which yeah,
0: month it was, but I remember all the details yeah, I specifically. I it
2: 13 or 19, <laughs> uh, but no. No, so it was definitely in that same year and, you know, pretty close together. Have your parents ever mentioned
0: any type of visits or any grandparents maybe talking about visits or anything? Because a lot of this stuff, when you hear situations like that, especially when you get the two incidents that are kind of close it could or could not be related. A lot of times these visitations occur by families or they occur sometimes over generations. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just curious if your you know, when you mentioned this to your parents or grandparents, has anything been mentioned about it?
2: Yeah, no, I've seen plenty of stories where these events, or, you know, people who claim to have been abducted their entire lives, will grow up to have kids, and then the same thing will start happening to their kids. Like they're being studied mm-hmm. or something, who knows what. I've heard of those stories, but no, not, you know, my parents have never said anything, and they know how excited. You know, I get about that stuff. So they definitely would have said something.
0: Yeah, like I would prefer if something visited Dakota
2: or Addison that it happens at your house and not this one. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, you know, out of probability, it would probably happen there. Just the <laughs> amount of time that they're there and here. But no, I'm like you. I hoping it hope it happens here and not there.
0: So the, the, uh, green, the green fireball that you saw, you you told me about that a couple of weeks ago.
2: That was the first time I heard
0: that story. So tell me a little bit about that one again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't too far from here. Obviously, we're in Lexington now. Uh, that was when I was working at the to- Toyota plant in Georgetown. And I worked second shift at the time. I was with... I can't remember his name right now. Anyway, it was a guy that I worked with. Uh, we had walked to the cafeteria. And to get to this... Ca- it was um, the plant two cafeteria. And to get to that specific one which had all the good food, (laughs) you had to walk through this, not really a courtyard, but just a yard uh, where all the trucks come and back up to the docks and stuff. You had to walk through this really large yard and and then in that door in the corner, that's where you go to the cafeteria. Anyway, so we were coming back. Actually, we had our food in our hands and it was me, the guy's name, the guy whose name I can't remember. And then there was another woman there, uh, this blonde haired lady who worked in plant two also. Uh, She was with us too. And we're just walking, walking and talking. We just happened. I don't know what made it made us look up, but maybe one of us saw saw it out, out of the corner of our eye. But when we looked up, there was this burning green fireball. There was a green fireball just crossing the sky and it was moving about, you know, um, what seemed like, you know, about as fast as a plane would. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seemed to it, you know, you see planes in the sky all the time It was moving about that fast. So, from my perspective, looked pretty slow. It looks really close. I mean, it looks like it's maybe a, a few hundred feet up, you know, maybe a thousand feet up, you know, which is pretty close. Mm-hmm. The stamping building at that facility is really, really tall. So, we could see it was going to go over that. So, we started running to get, try to get to the end of the stamping building so we could see, like, where it hit because we just knew this is a plane going down. But we couldn't get far enough to see where it eventually ended up going and so it, it just disappeared but there was no sound or anything but there was definitely you know a smoke trail behind it and it was very green i mean the the flames were very green it was hmm. really bizarre and i was thinking the whole time like this has to be a plane but at the same time there were no features that you know n- nothing looked like a plane it would just look like a burning green fireball (laughs) you know there was no wings or anything like that no fuselage you know you you couldn't tell you know but i just figured it was a plane so anyway i it you know made us so curious because we just knew that it was going to go down and and explode so we also listened to it for an explosion but we didn't hear one so all three of us actually when we got off looked looked on news websites i specifically called called the news to see if they'd heard anything about it i called the airport to see if they had heard anything you know if the, any planes went down or anything they said no I mean that's how curious I was about it because I just knew that a plane went down huh. and so the next day I went back and and it turns out that guy had done the same thing he had called the news and everything because he didn't see anything he didn't see anything on any websites about um, a plane going down in Georgetown or in Lexington or the or the area at all so when I went home that the neck you know that next day after talking to him, I started doing some more research and just uh, I don't know exactly what I punched in, but green, you know, green fireball was one of them in the sky. I don't know if it's still there. I haven't looked in a long time, but there's there was a website may still be a website where you can actually report these green fireballs. And if you look these up, I mean, they've been happening throughout history. You know, these green fireballs and nobody knows what the heck they are.
0: Now, this one was what, like, Five, six years ago. It wouldn't
2: like forever ago, right? Yeah, this was in 2010 or 2011. No, I didn't report it on that site. Right. Um, but what blew my mind was at the exact same time, the same night, same everything, at The at the exact same time, there was a green fireball going across the sky in the same direction. I verified it. It was going in the same direction as all these other reports. It was reported in... Indiana, South Carolina, Tennessee, Missouri, and I think maybe even Ohio. But definitely, you know, that entire region had seen this green fireball at the same exact time as I did. And the thing that blew me away was that I thought this thing was so close that it was just going to go down, you know, in one of the farms in the surrounding area that it was some plane like it was that it looked like it was that close but for it to have been seen by all those by people mm-hmm. in different states you know at the same exact time you know I'm in central Kentucky people in Indiana and Ohio and and you know Missouri are seeing all this seeing this thing at the same time it had to have been enormous and way up in the air i, I can't imagine how large it was for it to look like it was that close but for it to have you know be that high up
0: or maybe the possibility that there were several of them.
2: That you, too, yeah.
0: And because uh, I mean, now here's something that you know, the, the obvious. Most people are going to say, "Well, it was obvious, some kind of meteorite or something mm. like that."
2: You they know, don't that's, move that slow.
0: That's what's that's what. So it was moving slow.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's what most people would say. And you know, it's funny. I, I when you told me this story a couple of weeks ago, it was before our trip to Key West, and during a sunset cruise that we took. I learned about something I had never learned about a green flash during sunsets. Have you ever heard of that? No, I don't think so. Well, I, we didn't get to see one because apparently it's something that everybody doesn't see. But it's like a split second, so you got If you blink, you could miss it. But you know how the sunset will go down, and then you'll see it slowly. You know oh, where it you meets know what? the horizon. I have yeah, I think. But I have they heard. they say that sometimes where the sunset just as it goes. The very last bit of it meets the horizon. Sometimes you'll see a green flash,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, and
0: it's got something to do with like the colors of the rainbow and all. It's got something to do with the spectrum. And I don't remember everything he said, but it's something that some people on the boat already knew about because they were asking about it, which is what brought it up. Right. So I'm just wondering if you know that green flash effect had something, you know, not being a sunset, but I'm just wondering if something to do with the horizon or something to do with uh, just the coming into the Earth's atmosphere could cause something to, to be green that normally wouldn't have been green.
2: Well, it's funny you saying that kind of made me think just now. And then also you saying that, you know, maybe there were multiple of these moving through the atmosphere. And with them being so high up and being reported throughout history and stuff, maybe there are, you know, very large gaseous. Chunks of rock, or who knows what kind of material they're made out of that are near misses, you know, go because if they're that high up, they are going to look like they're moving pretty slow. That's across true across the sky. But if they're the and if they're that large, you know, different materials burn um, different colors, mm-hmm. you know, and there are a lot, there are things out there that burn green. So who knows what, can, you know, I guess that's a possibility too. Now, now that I, th- that I think about it, which you know, it makes my story a whole lot less special. But well, I'm glad I could uh, debunk, <laughs> debunk something on the show. Um,
0: it's, still, I think it's still pretty cool, especially yeah. the fact, because, look, if there's websites out there for people saying that this is happening all throughout history, and you don't have somebody that sees that and says, oh, it's so-and-so type meteor, and if they're not giving the answer out there, then mm-hmm. that just makes it still more on the mysterious side. Yeah. To me, anyway.
2: No, I agree with you. but And let me say this, too. I mean, I haven't researched it since that time, and you know, I—I'm sure I wasn't terribly thorough with Trust exactly me, what it could. Be. Somebody, <laughs> it
0: somebody could. listening, yeah, to this will already have us an answer by the next yeah. day after this airs because that's, yeah. that's what happens. And I'm somebody feel will be so looking for it up.
2: Not, <laughs> not figuring that out a long time ago, but. But no, I think we figured it out already. <laughs> Possibly some chunk of rock moving through space that just missed the earth and it's just burning a certain color because there's a certain material. But but it was still cool. You Either know, way. And provided me eight or nine years of mystery. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, we appreciate
0: you coming on the show tonight. I, I know you uh, came a little bit early tonight to be able to sit down with us. We set this up a couple of weeks ago, so I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, happy
2: to do it. Happy to do it. And, um, you know, I'm proud of you guys for having a a podcast that's you know gotten this many followers and turned into what it has been so
0: we appreciate it the the real question is how proud of you of uh, dakota for stepping up to the plate and and just taking control for an 11 year old to just you know come across the way she does is amazing oh
2: it is it's awesome yeah it's um you know it's not it's surprising but at the same time i guess it's not because you know i've watched her right you know seeing in front of her entire school and i am proud of her though for being able to because i know she's nervous you know when she does that stuff but she just i mean steps up and 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 does it and i she's after hearing her on your on the the podcast and everything i think that you know she's she's more and more comfortable all the time oh yeah yeah with with stuff like that so that's pretty cool
0: yeah and she's very witty
2: yeah she is yeah (laughs) she's um I'll take credit for her sarcasm and her wit. <laughs> she does have a little bit of sarcasm
0: to her and a tad bit of uh, smart aleck to her, which I admire completely.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, all right, brother. Thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. So we've known Matt for what? Ever. Man, it's about fifteen years. Yeah. Fourteen or fifteen years, mm-hmm. and this is the, and he told me these stories. Well, he told me the 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 green light meteor story from like two weeks ago first time I'd heard that uh-huh and then but the other stories he told me probably three or four months ago, mm-hmm. and we were just waiting on a time to be able to get him on the show, yeah and be able to get it all set up, and plus you know he was deciding whether he wanted to tell it or not
1: mm-hmm. and,
0: and all that stuff but yeah, so there's three stories, one of which what we pretty much debunked I think on the, on the on the show, so we think <laughs> we, we came to a conclusion on that one. But the other two, no idea. So, I don't know.
1: That's goes, pretty amazing. It goes
0: to show that almost everybody really does have a story.
1: Yes, they do. So. I don't know. I, I don't know about that sleep paralysis stuff, though. Man, I won't... I don't think it's so weird. I don't know what I would do if that happened to me.
0: I I think I've had something similar. I don't think I've had actual sleep paralysis like you hear people describe, but... I've had dreams that I couldn't get out of uh-huh. that felt like sleep paralysis. Yeah. It just, I so you think
1: it's related?
0: I don't know if it's related, but I think it's at least a similar feeling, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm.
1: Woo. Well <laughs> thanks for sharing that story with us.
0: Yes, thank you so much. And uh we'll see you next time on Paranormal Encounters.
1: Bye guys.